This is Dr. Sean Canone, Chief Medical Officer for MPAC Healthcare. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be giving an update on coronavirus. Now this episode is being recorded on March 4th, 2020, and as of today, there have been 11 reported deaths in the United States due to coronavirus. Obviously, this story has been the center of the news in recent weeks, and there are now over 95,000 confirmed cases in the world with over 3,000 deaths reported. This puts the mortality rate at about 3.4%, which is fairly high in comparison to seasonal influenza, which is less than 1%. By comparison, the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918 and 1919 had a death rate somewhere in the neighborhood of 2.5%. So some of these preliminary indicators on coronavirus morbidity and mortality is pretty substantial. Additionally, and like other viruses, coronavirus seems to target those who are most susceptible, particularly the young and the very old, especially those with numerous underlying health problems. This means that our long-term care post-acute care population is at a very high risk for coronavirus infection and for more severe infection. Now, knowing that the situation is highly dynamic and changing from day to day, the purpose of this podcast is just to give an update on where we are and to make you aware of some of the resources and guidance that's available online through several of the governing agencies, including the Centers for Disease Control, the American Medical Directors Association, and the American Healthcare Association. By now, you are likely aware of the skilled nursing facility in Kirkland, Washington, where COVID-19 popped up recently. The CDC is on site conducting their investigation and working with the local health department. The facility is closed to all new admissions, and there are restrictions on all visitation. There was positive testing in four residents who were hospitalized subsequently, and three have died There is one healthcare worker who is positive and who is in stable condition. The spread of this virus is thought to be person-to-person through respiratory droplets or between people who are in close contact with one another. We as healthcare professionals should take every precaution to avoid the risk of transmitting this virus from one patient to another or carrying it into a different setting. And the most important thing that we can do is still good hand-washing technique. The treatment for COVID-19 is supportive in nature. There are no antiviral medications that have been approved yet for treatment. I know there are some that are under investigation currently. It is likely that a vaccine will be created for COVID-19, but that will probably not be commercially available for at least another year. COVID-19 illness may be mild to severe in nature. Symptoms may appear as soon as two days and as long as 14 days after exposure. Symptoms are very typical of viral infection and may include fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath. Other symptoms may include nasal congestion, runny nose, sore throat, or diarrhea. In an effort to reduce the likelihood of introducing COVID-19 into the skilled nursing facility, we recommend that you avoid close contact with patients, that you wear a mask in public, and that you seek medical attention. If an outbreak of COVID-19 should occur, it becomes very important to think about utilizing telephonic and other telehealth interventions to manage patients in the long-term care post-acute care setting. This will dramatically reduce the risk of transmission of the virus. It's likely that many of your patients or their families have concerns about coronavirus infection, and so it's important for us to think about ways to get ahead of this, to provide education and resources for them, and to provide a contingency plan for what this might look like if their loved one should develop symptoms. 
It is important for them to know that their loved one is probably at high risk for this virus. As we stated earlier, the elderly tend to be more susceptible to these types of viruses because of their multiple medical problems and their weakened immune systems. Supportive care could include the use of analgesics, anti-inflammatories, encouraging fluids or utilizing IV fluids if necessary. In addition, the monitoring of vital signs and a pulse oximetry is important for patients who are symptomatic. Now, one of the most important things to recognize and be aware of is the criteria to guide evaluation for persons under investigation for COVID-19. The CDC has developed the acronym PUI to stand for Persons Under Investigation for this coronavirus. They have developed three separate criteria, which may change over time, but currently these criteria are comprised of two different categories, clinical features and epidemiological risk. In scenario one, a patient will have the clinical features of fever or signs and symptoms of lower respiratory illness, which may include cough or shortness of breath. In addition to those clinical features, they would have epidemiological risk, which is classified as any person, including healthcare workers, who has had close contact with a laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 patient within 14 days of symptom onset. In other words, if a patient has symptoms and has been in contact with a person who had a known exposure or close contact with a patient with coronavirus in the past 14 days, this patient will be classified as a person under investigation. The second scenario is for a patient who has the clinical features of fever and signs or symptoms of lower respiratory illness that require hospitalization. The epidemiological risk for this particular category is that that person would have had a history of travel from affected geographic areas within the past 14 days. So this is a patient who has both fever and respiratory symptoms requiring hospitalization and having personal travel to an endemic area within the past 14 days. They would also be classified as a person under investigation. The third scenario is patients who have a fever with severe acute lower respiratory illness, including pneumonia or ARDS, that require hospitalization and where other things like influenza have been ruled out. For this patient, no source of exposure being identified is required to meet the criteria for PUI, or a person under investigation. So it is very important to understand how the CDC defines a person under investigation because healthcare providers should immediately notify their local or state health department in the event of a PUI for coronavirus. This is one of the very important take-home points of this podcast, that we should be intimately working with our local health department for any suspected cases of coronavirus in our facilities. They will help to guide testing and management strategies, as well as isolation precautions and cohorting of patients. So what about testing? What should we do? Well, until coronavirus hits your community, the recommendation is actually to test for influenza first. We are still at the peak of influenza season, and it is a very, very common virus, as you know. So we begin there, but if we need to test for coronavirus, it's a very similar collection process. We test upper respiratory tract specimens, nasopharyngeal and oropharyngeal swabs, with the caveat that the local health department should be aware that testing is being done and help to coordinate this. As a side note, 
It's important to remember that respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, is a very common virus in the long-term care post-acute care setting as well. So this is another viral test that can be ordered prior to looking for coronavirus. The question then becomes whether to send a patient to the hospital or not. And obviously, if there's an outbreak, this could be a very difficult thing to navigate as the masses head for the hospitals. Per the guidance from the American Medical Directors Association, the recommendation to transfer residents should be based on their medical needs and not as a means to reduce the spread of infection. Before transferring, determine if the hospital transfer is a part of the resident's goals of care. If the resident is sick enough that hospital transfer is indicated and within their goals of care, alert the personnel transporting the resident as well as the receiving hospital that the resident has a suspected viral respiratory illness. Share the results of recent influenza or other viral testing with them as well. Ultimately, it's important for us as healthcare professionals to stay abreast of what's going on with coronavirus and to educate ourselves as to what we should do in the case of an outbreak. There are great resources available online, most of them coming through the cdc.gov website. Additionally, paltc.org or the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine, otherwise known as the American Medical Directors Association, also has very good resources on coronavirus. And finally, the American Healthcare Association at ahca.org is another very good site for coronavirus information that's specific to the long-term care post-acute care setting. Well, we know that it's likely that we're going to see coronavirus in our settings And so I think this is a good time for us to begin having conversations with patients, their families, the staff at the nursing homes where we serve, and begin to formulate a plan on how we want to attack coronavirus in our population. Now, before I leave you, I want to draw your attention to one resource that may be very helpful to your nursing home. It's a long-term care and other residential facilities pandemic influenza planning checklist. This is found on the CDC website. And really, although it's geared toward influenza, can be utilized very easily for coronavirus. It's a five-page document that was created by the Department of Health and Human Services and the CDC to help long-term care facilities improve their preparedness to respond to pandemic viral outbreaks. We will try to get this sent out to you, and over time we'll get you additional resources as well. And as always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to email me anytime. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again soon.